0: You're listening to the best of Real Presence Live. We now bring you a Straight Talk call-in segment with Father Gary DeRoshi of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Please, no calls today. We'll return to taking your Straight Talk calls on Monday.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Heather Caro.
2: And I'm Deacon Paul Trinan.
1: And we're moving right along, Deacon. It's already time for Straight Talk.
2: Straight Talk. The call-in number is 877 um, 7950122. If you are a regular listener, you know what this involves, of be able to call in with your questions about the faith and about, you know, just how, you know... What's on your mind in terms of, wow, this deep, deep, deep question? Or sometimes they're just silly questions. We want the deep questions
1: today for Father (laughs) (laughs) Gary. here. You can call in at that number. Again, I'll repeat
2: it. 877-795-0122. Or you can just... Uh, go on Facebook and uh-huh. submit your question that way. So there's Absolutely. a lot of ways to get to us. So the
1: phone lines are open. You can call now with your question that you might have. And um, I think it's really interesting because I hosted the show Friday with Father Paul Rutten. And you and him were in the seminary together, Father Gary. And Correct. and uh, he got some really tough questions. So let's see if you can uh, keep up with Father Paul. <laughs> Let's keep
2: them simple. Yeah, two two <laughs> months ago, we had Father Father Mike Wenzing from Holy Name in Watertown. Yeah. Yes, usually the questions are not so bad, but one came
3: in, and I'm just like, uh, uh-huh. Father? Uh,
1: Father? <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: well, Father Mike was one of my professors in seminary. Oh, really? And I knew Father uh-huh. Mike from the Newman Center at USD. So uh, Mike and I have a long history, and, and Mike is... He can handle pretty much any question that's going to come his way in, in reference to faith, scripture. Uh, he has a phenomenal book on hmm. death and dying. Really? Uh, it was written, I'd like to say not too long ago, but since I've known Mike for over 20 years, and that book was written <laughs> before I knew him. Yeah. Uh, time, time flies. flies. <laughs>
1: Well, folks, this is the time for you to call in with any questions that you might have for Father Gary DeRoshi. 877 7950122. Again, 877 7950122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So I have somebody who is interested, um, who wants to hear Father Gary talk a little bit more about the honor of being a veteran and how we can celebrate our veterans.
3: Okay, Uh, How to honor the veterans? One of the best way to honor a veteran is to offer a mass, have a mass offered for them, and just to be able to say thank you for your willingness to give of yourself. And the other aspect to it, as has been contemplating uh, this talk, is as a veteran, I had the honor to serve with many individuals from around the world who was willing to lay down their life for American lives, specifically from um, Uganda. Hmm. And this is, when I was in Iraq, I was on Camp Delta, and I was celebrating the Feast of the Ugandan Martyrs, and our guards were actually from Uganda. And they walked into the chapel and says, ah, you know about our martyrs? They were just flabbergasted that we we as a universal church yeah. celebrated the martyrs of Uganda. And I said, Absolutely. And from that they started sharing their stories, and some of them had been in seminary, but they left the seminary because they needed to provide finances for their families, and so they joined in to come to Iraq to provide security for American troops, and they would sit on the wall for 12, 14 hours in that heat, and then they'd come to Mass, and then they'd ask, if you know, could we be... Could we sing some of our uh, traditional hymns from yeah. home, and they break out in song, and even during the, the fr- one of the first masses I celebrated, all of a sudden they broke out in the middle of the Eucharistic prayer, mm-hmm. and I'm going, w- uh, wow! But they wanted to sing. Singing, it was it singing, was joyful. Yeah. Uh, they they loved their faith, and that was a part of uh, as a veteran to be always m- mindful that it's not just our own nation, but we are a presence throughout the world. And that when we work together, we're bringing that security for all of God's children. It's not just our borders. It's all of God's children. And we protect life from conceptual to natural death. And it's not just because you sit there with a title of American. It's because you're a child of God.
1: I love that answer. That's
3: pretty good. That's really
1: good. Wow. Well, folks, this is Straight Talk. We're talking with Father Gary DeRoshi. Uh, He's from Milbank, South Dakota. Well, not from Milbank, but he's... I I always say stationed because I grew up near an Air Force base. (laughs) (laughs) And so I always say priests are stationed somewhere, but they're not assigned to Milbank. Um, So this is your chance to call in with any questions that you might have on the Catholic faith. No question is is too simple. Um, if you wanted to call in 877 795 again 877 or you can submit your question that you might have on Facebook like Robert did. So Robert had asked this question. Are the prescriptions of the general instruction of the Roman Missal binding on how we celebrate Mass? Or are they more like suggestions about how to conduct the liturgy? So let's first go with what are the general instructions of the Roman Missal? Let's start there, Father.
3: The germ. <laughs> the germ, yes.
1: <laughs> That's what you guys
3: And yes, it. the germ is binding. Uh, the, the mass is not the priests. Uh, we are to follow the germ. There are within the germ uh in the general instructions options and sometimes people don't aren't aware of the options that are available but the priest does have different options but as far as following the germ we have a moral obligation to the church to celebrate the mass according to how the mass is
0: written this is the best of real presence live right now we're in our straight talk call-in segment but please don't call in during today's program We'll take your calls again Monday during the Straight Talk segment from 9.30 to 10.
1: So let me ask you this. The general instruction of the Roman Missal, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. germ, where does that come? Is that from the Council of Bishops? Oh, It's Rome. It's Rome, okay.
3: And and so the germ is first and foremost uh, written in Latin, and then it's translated into the languages throughout the world. And so when the American bishops... Want to have any changes to the germ? It has to be approved by Rome. It's not just simply, oh, you know, we Americans we want to do this, or we in South Dakota want to do this. No, it's uh, it's uh,
1: that's it's, why we love our church, <laughs>
3: you know, and that's that's that universal universality of our faith. And so when you celebra- go around the world to participate in Mass, it's not, oh, I wonder what Father's going to do today. No, no, that's we know the liturgy, the only change that you'll see in the liturgy is the homily. Some people are short. Some people are a little longer than short.
1: And you're kind of smiling when you say that. How are your homilies, Father?
3: I believe (laughs) it. On on, 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 uh, All Saints Day, I asked the question, if you were a canonized saint, what would you like to be a patron saint of? Now, after the, the liturgy was finished after about an hour and a half, uh, one of the parishioners <laughs> thought, I should be the patron saint of short homilies. <laughs> I, th- I think he was sincere in his... You'd like to think he was
1: sincere. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of wisdom to share. That's the uh, problem.
3: <laughs> well, some people might not believe that it's wisdom. But I believe in the liturgy. I believe in the, the the gift of our faith and the sacraments. And so, to be able to share that uh, with great reverence and awe. And now, granted, All Saints Day, this celebration, we also had our children as part of the celebration, and they they shared the saints that they were studying, as well as we brought forth the relics of, of the saints that we have of the parish Wonderful. and presented them at church. Wonderful. Yeah, but there's
2: always this pendulum, right, especially after Vatican II, is how, what does the Mass look like? And I think the pendulum kind of got a little bit loosey-goosey, and that's maybe yeah. behind that question mm-hmm. that our, our listener submitted. But I think, I know Father answered it very accurately, you, you don't mess with the Mass. You don't mess with the liturgy. You, you can bring in about flowers, like you said, with the kids coming in and and, and adding to that, but you don't. We're not no. going to do the Gloria today
3: on Sunday. We're not going to do, yeah. you know,
1: yeah.
2: uh, these, these components of it.
3: Well, and you don't, uh, the, there are certain aspects of the liturgy as a priest you just don't mess with. And that's the Eucharistic prayer. Mm. We have options. As a priest, I have the option of celebrating with Eucharistic prayer, one, two, three, four. But it's not... I'm going to write my own because I have a better understanding of of God's love for us. The Eucharist, Eucharistic prayer is to be proclaimed as it is written, with no substitutions. And so, when individuals choose to ad lib or just uh, make some suggestions to the liturgy, red flag. There's there's a now. When you go back to the uh, Latin Mass, now the Latin Mass is even more strict Uh not only the words being proclaimed, but the actual gestures, where your hands are, how your hands are, yes. and there was moral implications to failure to do that.
1: Well, Father... Uh, Father Gary Deroshi is joining us for Straight Talk this morning, and um, people are very interested in your service as a veteran. Okay. So, um, if people have questions, uh, you can change the conversation any way you would like by calling eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Again, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So, Father Gary, um, if you are just tuning in he shared with us um, his life as a veteran and his life of service within the military and then also as a chaplain and he shared that during the first um, segment of our show this morning Um, so someone is asking father can you share any more powerful stories about being a chaplain during your years of service People are fascinated. (laughs)
3: There's just not enough time to... (laughs) Because as I I sit here and think about the different aspects, as uh, Deacon Paul had asked in the break, what was one of the remote areas to be c- celebrated and it was on christmas uh, christmas day i was flying around with the general he was visiting his troops in the mo- he
1: just says that nonch- nonchalantly i was just flying around with the general <laughs>
3: <laughs> well i was his cargo and there was three different remote sites that we were going along and it was along the iraqi iran border and as we were flying across the desert, we were so low to the ground, it almost seemed like you could just step out and ride the camel that was we were flying over. And so I get out to this remote site, and we're going to be there for a little over 30 minutes. And so I get off the helicopter. The general goes his direction. I go to wherever they're planning on having mass celebrated. It might be the... Uh, MWR 10 it might be the cha- it might be in the uh, k- the kitchen it might be in some office so it, the guys on the ground are already predetermined where that's going to be yeah the, they they I know mean, i'm coming so okay. they set up and sometimes it's on a vehicle yeah. you know it's wherever and so i they just direct me where i'm going to have mass and, and sometimes it's one individual and sometimes it's 20 it all depends on the location. And this happens to be it was one soldier there who was Catholic who desired to be able to go to Mass on Christmas Day. And, and so I was finishing up, and as I was getting close to the end, the general's aide was standing at the end of the tent pointing at his watch. And I'm just going, I'm not going to hurry the Mass. And so I walk toward the helicopter, and the general's standing there. He goes, chaplain. I was going to about leave you. I said, sir, I'm the only Catholic priest you got. <laughs> and he's Catholic. <laughs> the general's Catholic. Yeah. yeah. And so we did th- these three sites. And the third. So wait a minute. What did he say to that? <laughs> he, uh, he, did, he didn't say anything. And so That's pretty salty to say to a general. <laughs> the third...
2: What was your ranking? You haven't told us. Oh, side. okay.
3: I, at that time, I was a major. <laughs>
2: and then you were dropped down to what? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <No>? <laughs> and he's the two-star general. And yeah. so... At uh, the third site, um, I also kind of said something else to the general. Like, if you <laughs> stop talking so long, I would be able to have more time with mass." I... <laughs> but I got to my helicopter fast. <laughs> but at the third site, it was really interesting because uh, I had a large group there for, for uh, maths, and And as I was walking toward the helicopter, the general had already told them to close up the door. It's time to go. And I
0: wasn't on. This is the best of Real Presence Live. Right now, we're in our Straight Talk call-in segment. But please don't call in during today's program. We'll take your calls again Monday during the Straight Talk segment from 9.30 to 10.
3: But the guy at the door refused to close the door. Even though the general gave him the order, it was time to go, we're going to leave the chaplain. The guy at the door, he saw me in the distance, and he would not shut the door. Oh, uh-huh. wow! Now I'm I'm not sure if that guy had a job after he got back, <laughs> but it was just showing that he was he knew the chaplain was coming, and he was not going to leave the chaplain out on the. Isn't that area. just to me?
2: That's just such a comforting thing because sometimes you sit and you see how secularized our society is becoming. It's just. Yeah. crazy and i often wonder how long are we going to coexist with this this secularized society and yet have a combat force that welcomes that honors right. well that's our chaplains. what they're
1: fighting for the freedom of religion
3: yeah. you know um,
1: one of the things
3: what, yeah. what another beautiful story is uh, a soldier runs into the chapel and at that time, I was talking to the other chaplain who happens to be the post-chaplain. He, he was a major, as, as I was. He was a Southern Baptist, and I'm the Catholic. Kid walks in, and he goes, I'd like to talk to a chaplain. And he goes, well, I'm Baptist, and he's Catholic. And the kid goes, well, I'm Baptist, but can I have the Catholic? <laughs> And what's ca- behind that? We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> my story. <laughs> he comes into my office and he sits down and he starts talking and he's sharing his, his journey. In about fi- 45 minutes to an hour into his, his journey, he looked at me and goes, you're different. I said, what do you mean? You're not trying to kick me out of your office. Uh. I said, well, there's only one person that trumps you. And that's God. And I've already celebrated Mass for today, so you have all the time I have. I said, You notice in this office there is not a clock. And so, about two hours after we started, he got up to leave and he turned to me and goes, You just saved my life. And the Baptist minister, fine gentleman, But he had a meeting with the colonel in 15 minutes. He would have gave the kid about 10 minutes, and then he kicked him out. But because of my position there, I really had no obligations, because I was the traveling priest, that whenever I was there, I was there. And that was the beautiful part of my ministry, is that I could spend whatever time I needed with individuals. And he needed two hours. And he need he needed to release that. Yeah. And then he was fine. Um, I, I had oh, sorry. I had one soldier who they called to and asked if I would be able to see him, but I was out flying around. And so I got back the following day, and I went and checked on this soldier, and the, his NCO said, "Well, he went and talked to one of the other chaplains, and." He told him he has to come into counseling for the next six, seven weeks. But if you would spend time with him, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. And I said, sure. You know, he, he wasn't a Catholic soldier, but as a, as a chaplain, I'm, I'm there to minister to any of sure. God's children. And, and so he was a mechanic. He's 18 years old. And he was just notified that his grandfather had died. And because he had been home already on uh, vacation, he was not going to be able go to go back. home and his grandfather raised him like his own dad and so he was really uh distraught and so i took him away from his humvee and we went to the chapel and we sat there for a while and we talked and and i could see he getting antsy because he also smoked and you can't smoke in the chapel unless you're incense and so <laughs> i said why don't we go outside so you can have a cigarette so we went outside and we talked a little bit more and it was about lunchtime. i said let's go to lunch So we went to lunch, continued the talk, and after lunch, he went back to work, and I went and talked to his NCO, and he goes, So, how many times do you think you need to meet with him? For what? He just wanted to share his love for his grandfather. He wanted somebody to know that he has an emptiness right now because his grandfather died, and he won't be able to be at his funeral. He's fine. I don't see him as a risk of anything. It's just that no one was listening to him. Hmm. And and so he was part of my security team. Well, the general security team that I took possession of. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Father, um, for those of you that are just tuning in, we're talking with Father Gary DeRoshi this morning. He is a veteran and a priest and has served as a chaplain. And it's also straight talk, so people are submitting questions to Father Gary. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be about the military, but um, it seems to be a popular topic this morning. 8777950122 is the number you can call if you have a question. 8777950122. We have a Facebook question. Father Gary, as in other parishes, there seems to be a shortage of Catholic priests in the military. How can parishes support soldiers away from home so they're not proselytized by other chaplains of other faiths or is that forbidden?
3: That's a good question. <laughs> wow. Well, the second part of that question is, it is forbidden, but I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. Uh, one of the things that I had the pl- privilege of as being the chaplain traveling around Iraq and Qatar and Saudi Arabia was a lot of support from parishes back to the United States who would send materials— uh, Religious uh, materials, specifically, are Catholic. And in Qatar, because we were the R&R site, I would receive a lot of rosaries and things of that nature that I would then hand out to all the soldiers coming in from Iraq and Afghanistan who may not have that opportunity. Uh, To be able to, uh, if you have a youth group, just sending simple greeting cards to the kids you know, from the kids to the soldiers. Uh, When I was in Qatar, uh, I had a group of students that sent little posters of thanking us for serving. And so at the chapel, outside the chapel wall, I put all these on so that as the soldiers were going to mass, they could see, you know, all these cute little artworks done by the kids. And, uh we also had where they we handed out letters from parishioners to the soldiers, and uh, especially on special holidays—Christmas, ho- Thanksgiving, Easter—just saying that the people back home haven't forgotten you.
2: And what does that mean then when they when they receive? Because because sometimes people back here may think may think oh you know that's just
3: gonna that won't get distributed or whatever. How is that received? Uh, You know, my experience, it it was received uh, very well. I had a a colonel uh, that was right there. He was more excited to be able to pass out the letters to the different soldiers because he recognized that many of these young soldiers have little kids at home. And when they see these these letters from kids, you know, it connects them to their own children. When I listen
2: to you tell this story, Father, I can't help but go, you know, I teach... I teach CCD to ninth graders, and think about how easy that would be. Mm-hmm. How, you know, what if all of our parishes, and we cover a lot of parishes with, with Real Presence Radio, what if all of our parishes did that and sent that in? What would that mean to, to all those men and women over there? Um,
0: who would they send that to? This is the best of Real Presence Live. Right now, we're in our Straight Talk call-in segment. But please don't call in during today's program. We'll take your calls again Monday during the Straight Talk segment from 9.30 to 10.
3: Well, if you have a unit in your area that's, that's gone, you can you like can that. send it to their commander uh, because you don't know if they have a chaplain assigned with them or not. Like for myself, I was an asset from the Pentagon. And so I was sent from the Pentagon to Iraq. And then the units there got to share me okay at any given time i would have 20 25 different locations i was to ensure coverage and so i covered from baghdad to um kuwait okay you know and and so at, at any given time i was all over the place and so to give it to the commander and the commander can hand that back to their chaplain or to someone who would would be able to do so that.
2: how do they find out the address of the commander or the is, is that something
3: if it's from a, lo- a local unit it'll be from the national guard or unit the guard. you can go to the guard yeah. and they can give you that address All right.
1: uh, well and father andy young who's also part of the sioux falls diocese right. is a chaplain and i've interviewed him before and he's talked about being flown from one ship to the next yeah. ship you know and and seeing some of the the soldiers on those ships and so to bring it into perspective, how long could someone go when you're overseas like that in combat before they see a priest? How, how a long question. in between these visits? Yeah.
3: That goes back to that soldier that came in for confession. Yes. He said, "I have this is the first time I've seen a priest in 14 months. Wow. He was without the sacraments for 14 months. When I hit Qatar... It was um, shortly after, or well, actually shortly before uh, General Franks was handing the reins over. I was looking at, we're standing up the uh, r and site, and they were talking about the shortage of Catholic priests in Iraq, and I was in Qatar. We knew we were going to have these flights back and forth every day. I went to my commander, I said, well, uh, why don't I fly to Iraq on Monday, fly back on Friday and provide Catholic services on the weekend here in Qatar. And my commander said chaplain I've had 20 I think it was 26 chaplains on this installation since I've been here. I've had a rabbi you are the first Catholic priest that I've had. You're not going anywhere. Hmm. He goes you can do whatever you want in this country but you're not leaving the borders of Qatar. I'm going, okay. But with that, he allowed me to be part of the local community. Mm. And so in Qatar, there at that time, they had seventy seventy five thousand 75,000 Roman Catholics being served by p- five priests in Doha. Four of them from... Permanent I- residents yes. of Qatar. yeah, yeah. Four uh, from India and one priest from the Philippines. And so when I met these five priests, they they asked if I would help with... Mass in, in town. And I said, oh, I'd be more than happy to if I can. And they go, so how many languages can you celebrate Mass in? I said, i try English. <laughs> and with that, I had, I would help with the Saturday, Saturday morning Sunday Mass. Sunday in Qatar began Thursday night and ended Sunday night. The priest just could not get Oh, you know, everybody to Mass mm-hmm. on Sundays. And that's one of the things that, going back to the germ, Sunday was when the priest was there. We can't, you know, we can't control travel. And so in Qatar, it was Thursday night to Sunday. We we celebrated the Sunday liturgies. And that's why Vatican II said we're going to
2: open up um, the, the the Saturday night Mass to
3: all of us, yeah. right? Know, but they just expanded that. We, we expanded it because it it was, uh, I had the opportunity to sit at table with the Bishop of Abu Dhabi there in Doha, and he looked at me and he goes, So, Father, you've been a priest for how long? I looked at my watch and I go, Oh, today's my anniversary. <laughs> he goes, Really? How many years? I go, My first So my first anniversary as a priest was celebrating Mass with the Bishop of Abu Dhabi in Doha, Qatar.
1: Wow. Aaron on Facebook has just submitted, uh, Good morning from snowy southwest North Dakota, Father DeRoshi. Thank you for your service. Your stories of the men you help in Iraq just now brought me to tears. Thank you for being there for our servicemen and women. Please pray for my son, a soldier in Washington, D.C., and my son-in-law, an Iraq war veteran. God bless you. So can awesome. we take a moment and pray for those that are serving us right now?
3: You bet. Well, as we, on this Veterans Day, and on the Feast of Martin Othurs, the patron saint of all soldiers, may the Lord be with those who continue to serve, especially those who are in harm's way, that the Lord may protect them from any harm, and that they return safely to their family and friends. And for those who have given of themselves in the service as veterans of the armed forces, May their hearts and minds be forever guided by your love. For we ask these things through Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: Powerful, powerful morning. Thank you, Father Gary DeRoshi, for being on with us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for your service.
2: Thank you. We've got about, what, 30 seconds? Yes. Really quickly, Father, I don't know if this does justice, but there's people out there that you mentioned in your prayer that are still hurting. Yes. Again, how do we touch those people? How do we thank those? What's meaningful for those people?
3: Probably the best thing, again, first and foremost, to be a witness of, of prayer, just reaching out, thanking them for their service, as well as um, just saying that you're there to listen. Yeah. All right. Well, The thank ministry you so, of presence. Yeah.
1: Sorry to cut you off, uh, but we have a hard break at the top of us. the hour. We'll be right back after a few minutes of commercials. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the best of Real Presence Live. Up next, we'll hear an interview with Kelly Patterson, a survivor of human trafficking.